Yo, 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 I am your host, Rebecca, with First Steps to Sanity, and I will be here each week to give you the foundations, strategies, and witchy ways to help you gain confidence, manage your anxiety, and break the stigma by opening the conversation of mental health. So let's dive right into this week's episode. All right, so today we have Roya, the creator of Booster Stacks, which is a positivity and empowerment card deck. Her background is in the touring music industry and event marketing and created Booster Stacks after getting laid off during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I remember seeing on your application that you were in Warp Tour and I was like, oh my God, my inner emo kid is like on fire right now. <laughs> yes, I worked on Warp Tour for five summers and my I'm still an emo kid. And I may not look it on the outside, but I am one, don't worry. I know I have like a witches be crazy shirt under this jacket so (laughs) I still have my goth kid attire it's cool it's whatever (laughs) it's a vibe yeah it is it really is can you tell me more about your journey yeah um you know I like to throw in like warp tour because that was such a huge part of my life for so long um but I think it's relevant too because it's like for me like growing up like working in music was just kind of like a like a big like goal like something I didn't think I could do honestly and it's something I reflect back on a lot now to be like well you did your one bucket list thing you were able to make that happen so like you can you can make this happen or if I can survive you know 40 days on warp tour you know 12 days in a row with no days off this can't be that hard it's kind of like a, a good point of reference for me um but yeah in my early 20s I worked on warp tour for five summers I also I worked just in the general in the music industry as a tour manager and merch manager um, during the non-warp tour seasons i would sometimes do like club tours for different artists um, i started working on the marketing side of things so i would start doing marketing tours which is more like the sponsor side of events um, got off the road started doing that kind of event management stuff here locally and based in seattle Um, did that for about three years and then 2020 hit, (laughs) um, in the span of about a month or so, I, I just changed jobs. I went through a breakup. Um, I moved, I was couch surfing at my friend's house and then the lockdown happened. So it was kind of all these different things at once. And I didn't have any of my normal cope mechanisms like I've always been a little bit of a workaholic and really social and you know normally you go through you know a breakup or something you you double down on your hobbies you hang out with friends people have different ways of dealing with stuff like that and I no longer had access to any of mine Uh, thanks COVID Um, (laughs) but it you know good stuff comes from bad things like that so really made me kind of dive deeper and you know just kind of face some of like the darkness head on. Um, How I kind of came up with booster stacks was honestly just scrolling through social media, like the doom scroll and trying to find little bits of positivity. And whenever I'd find like a inspiration, and I just started accumulating phrases like this. And Sorry, I got an internet is unstable sign. Oh no. You're fine. Right. It went out for just a second okay. and I was like, uh, we're good. Oh. All right, we're good. Uh, anyway, so I started saving all these different quotes and phrases and 
during that just like really dark period of the spring, like, you know, March, April, May, all that, I, if I was really bummed out, I'd go back through and I would just kind of scroll through them until I began to feel better. Um, and that's kind of where the idea for Booster Stacks came from. I was laid off in July, um, two weeks after buying a home as a single person, <laughs> um, which again, it just kind of like par for the course for the year. And just everything has been like, okay, well, you can handle this, you can handle anything, yeah, and right. try to like maintain that attitude. Um, but yeah, that was right when I reached out to my friend Sam. She had also been laid off, uh, and thanks COVID. And she's been a big inspiration for me. She, uh, right after she got laid off, she started doing graphic design, and that's what I needed to get this project going. And we collaborated all summer, really figured out which quotes and sayings and what what resonated well with both of us. And we launched the project right around Halloween 2020. And it's been it's been a wild ride. That's awesome. Thank you. Like I, I actually remember when we bought our house, my husband lost his job like within the first month. And I was terrified, but I was like, it's okay. We mysteriously just paid off all of our credit card debt right before this happened. So of course, I mean you have to like, things happen yeah yeah but i was terrified and we still had my income so i could not imagine being single that's another level even just the whole process of like going through buying a home um like i was 30 like alone i had all these things in my head about like what it should look like i should be doing with a partner or I just, ugh, the ugh. The shoulds, um, but kind of tackling all of that, and then you know it's a pandemic. I work in event marketing, like just general life stress. It was just a wild month, and then you know that that month till you close, and then two weeks after closing. Uh, but that's why we prepare for things. Yeah, right. Oh my god, I have anxiety thinking about it, but. <laughs> It's so funny too. Like everyone I tell the story to, they're always like, oh my God, like, are you okay? I'm like, no, like, you know, I prepared for the worst, like not trying to be negative, but like, I'm thankful that it happened after I closed and not yeah. like two weeks before. I'm viewing it as this huge, like bullet dodged and like, thank you, divine timing. And like the universe looking out, not that some, oh my God, oh, poor me, this bad thing happened. Yeah. You know? No, that's true. Cause like we, we were saving up to buy a car right when we got the house too. So we got the house because you, you know how they do those crazy credit checks. Like if you just oh, yeah. breathe on your credit card, they're like, excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> the fuck are you doing? <laughs> so we, we waited, we got the house and then we got the car like the next day and then he lost his job. And I was like, well, a fucking course. <laughs> You're like, but we're good. We're not buying anything for the next three years. So Pretty we're much. Good. I was like, we don't need anything else. And then we got my car a year later. And I was like, all right, we have a problem. We just need to stop buying shit. <laughs> what was it like to kind of work in that male-dominated industry within the music scene? Um, a funny anecdote there. Um, so when I stopped touring, I took up pro wrestling as a hobby. So I went from one male-dominated industry to another, uh, back to back. Um, but you know, how music industry, I think it was really great, honestly. Like it, at the time, there were definitely things that are frustrating for sure. And there's a lot of just like gender roles and stereotypes and things about that that 
they're definitely problematic. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things of kind of overcoming and just rolling with it. It can be a little empowering to look back and think about like, wow, like that was really difficult for me, like as a woman, you have to work so much harder because it's very much like a boys club. And I think a lot of artists simply won't hire you because you're female. So you're working against all these different, I, I know, <laughs> different like stigmas and, oh, you know, we would hire you, but someone's girlfriend doesn't want any women in our crew. And you're like, well, dude, like I've been busting my ass for years and like someone's girlfriend, like they, they don't know me, they never met me. They literally, all they know is that I'm female and that's the deal breaker. Like, come on. Like, it's frustrating for sure. I mean, it's definitely, I think it really helped cultivate like a, you know, a thick skin and a really great work ethic. So there's definitely positives to it. Um, definitely at the time though, very frustrating moments for sure. But, and then similarly, yeah, I went from the music industry to my hobby will be pro wrestling. Again, empowering that I pulled it off. Um, definitely a lot of moments of just random dudes walking up to me, giving me their opinion about why I suck because I'm a girl, or all women wrestlers are bad, don't be hard on yourself. And I would just be like, you really think this is appropriate to, to walk up and tell someone? Like, excuse me? Like, for letting me know you have insecurity issues, buddy. Yeah, I'm like, okay, well, at least we know how it's gonna be, cool. Um, but I mean, luckily, I think the music industry definitely prepared me for that. Um, and not that the whole music industry, not everyone's like a chauvinist. It's just, I understand both sides of it. Um, and I think things are getting better. I mean, the last time I toured was 2017. So it's been about three years. And, you know, like even like the Me Too movements happened since then. I've seen some terrible people get taken down of just, you know, just creepy, creepy older men who, you know, hey, I want to hire you for a job. Well, you know, by the way, mm -hmm, you know, it would help you. Wink, wink. <laughs> or it just, ugh, like. Sorry, I don't have my vomit bag with me today. Could we reschedule? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but I mean, like I said, it's one cool thing has been to see other people come forward and these people aren't still out there being predators. So. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I get that too. Like I was in um metal industry for like five eight years and it's really male dominated but it's probably like 15 percent is like the really shitty like i can't talk to you because you're a woman I'm yeah like, same it's i'm sorry not, do i not know math because i have a female vagina like what <laughs> yeah i'm like oh i didn't realize my boobs impeded me from lifting and selling these t-shirts i'm sorry uh i'll do better about that <laughs> Again, like it might be, it might be 10%. It might even be like 5%. It's just yeah. the few that make it really problematic. Yeah. Unfortunately, do make it difficult in general. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun experience though. Yeah. You can, you can handle that. You can handle anything. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, I would definitely have probably issues with the girls being like, oh, I don't want you around my boyfriend. Like, I mean, if he wants me, he's going to want me whether I'm his tour manager or not, girl. Like, I know. I'm like, well, actually, yeah, most people, not all, but most, if you're in the crew, you become one of the guys. So you're not the girl they're hooking up with. It's one of like the very many who are hanging out in the bar after the show you got to worry about. But groupies. 
and even that term too like honestly even like even the other girls who tour so many of us myself included have been guilty of judging other girls who tour of like oh like what's your motivation are you just here like to get a man like and it's just it's the worst mentality and it's something like as women i think oftentimes we deal with of just judging others and trying to work around that and like not do that as much like the whole like and i think <laughs> i think time is getting so much better but i remember you know five eight years ago like slut shaming was such such a thing oh, yeah. and it, it still happens but like we have such a better dialogue around it now and ways around it and like people are just more open-minded yeah it's insane like it was so annoying I, I i have like so much i could say on that but it would like way go after this hour so i'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's its own separate rant but yeah music industry there's a lot of things that were kind of happening there that you know they're good experiences to have had and like some of like my absolute best memories they definitely i think helped make me a much stronger person and like you got to be tough to do that job and to live that lifestyle so I have to ask, because I'm a big Warped Tour fan, what was your yeah. favorite band that you worked with? Um, that's tough. Um, so Warped Tour, I actually usually was on the sponsor side of things. There are some that like would maybe come and do like a signing and or like an appearance over like in my booth or just that I randomly knew. Um, I think warp tour how about the ones i love to go watch like i sure, we can go that way too yeah <laughs> i love to go watch the story so far and mayday parade definitely some of my favorites from the tour and the ones you kind of do it like every year also um cool ones to meet um i met the madden brothers one year they worked with a company i was working with and they were just so nice like so sweet so polite and like i grew up listening to good charlotte so i had my little like oh moment um but honestly i worked with so many just like really humble nice sweet people um my job one year was i managed these like backstage workshops so people could come get like a music lesson or a songwriting class from different artists and we you know, I want to say we had maybe 30 or so artists on our roster that I worked with every single day. Um, so yeah, lots of good ones. One of my favorites from that um, is the singer of The Color Morale. His name's Garrett. Just super nice, really sweet. He does a lot of stuff with like mental health. Oh, wow. And um, like there'd be one where I'd see like kids like crying after like their little backstage like workshop and you know, just he'd get real raw and honest with them which i thought was really cool yeah man like yeah. especially if they're like going back there they're looking up to him and he's just being like that open honest starting the conversation person i mean god knows how many kids he probably saved by doing that oh yeah absolutely and just man um this one band sleeping with sirens uh their singer kellen quinn uh his his little backstage sessions were always huge there'd be we kept them out at a hundred but just always, always there'd be some girl crying, like pretty much every single day of just like, you know, getting to talk with him or have that interaction. And honestly, that was probably one of my favorite things about touring in general is in some way getting to be a part of people's special day, Aww. like, or like that moment. Cause you know, like, you know, like this, like 
14 year old girl who lives in like Missouri, like that, that was the day she met Kellen Quinn. Mm. And I got to be part of that in some way. And it was always really rewarding for me. That's so cute. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Especially listening to that music. You're like, I know you got problems. That's why you're relating to this music. Like, believe you me, I did the same thing. Oh shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, girl, I was right there. Trust me, it gets better. Hang on. Cause you know, 10 years from now, life will be better. But yeah, I get it'll you. Be so much ama- it'll be amazing. You'll be like, I tried to move my chair down like an inch and it went like, oompa, oompa, <laughs> all right. So when was your first memory of having anxiety and how would you say that evolved into your present? So I don't think I was really aware of having anxiety. Um, I, I had a... I would say emotionally abusive partner um, after I've stopped touring uh, in the last you know three years or so and he would kind of pick it out at me be like god you're so anxious and it was just another thing he'd kind of like point out but it kind of like got the ball rolling on self-awareness to be like well actually yeah you're right I, I am anxious or I do have anxiety but like reflecting back I'm like oh but I've always been like this <laughs> um, I was homeschooled um, for fourth through eighth grade Grew up an only child and didn't really have like a lot of like the socialization that I think you normally get in during those years. So when I went back to school part of the way through eighth grade, having not been in school since third grade, didn't really know how to interact with people. Um, Like I've always been kind of a little bit on like the nerdy side or outcast side. And really when you your only interactions are on the internet during that time in life. Uh, it can make you a little strange and <laughs> getting socialized. Um, so I think that's kind of what a lot of it stems from. Uh, I have moments even still where I'm like, is this how other people act? Is this normal? Am I doing the normal human thing? Hmm. And realize that like, that very much is anxiety, but it's also, I think, a feeling a lot of people deal with. It's not, it's not just me. I'm not just weird. Um, but definitely like during like different social interactions, I'll be like, I don't know how, how to be or what to do. And everyone's looking at me. And I think I used having a unique job as kind of a crutch for a long time. So, you know, in a party or with a group of people I don't know, I was kind of like the party trick or the novelty or, oh, well, like, let me tell you about touring and let me tell you about this. And like, it's something that's interesting that's not actually really related to me. Um, and I like entertaining people and validation and all those things other people like. Um, but when I stopped touring, I think I started using my wrestling hobby the same way. Uh, like, you know, I'm, you know, at like a work icebreaker event and I don't know how to be and it's bringing up all like the social anxiety. But let me tell you how I'm a wrestler. And it can kind of shift all of that attention away from who I am as a person. Even now, I think I do that a little bit with my business of, at least it's a good thing to be spreading the word about, but I'd be like, oh, like, hi, I, I just, I'm unemployed and single and 31 and, and I used to do all this cool stuff, but let me tell you about my business. <laughs> but I just, again, self-awareness, like I've learned, I think how I use it as a coping me- mechanism or just being aware of what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, I think is really the first step. Hey, and for the record, you can't be unemployed if you have a business. Hey, true. And that goes into one of the many things I try and deal with is self-talk, negative self-talk of, 
I keep, I keep doing that. I'm saying, oh, I'm unemployed or I got laid off or I spend 40 or 50 hours a week on my business. I'm self-employed. You're a business <laughs> owner. You're business a owner. badass. Hey. And yeah, even that, just reframing how we talk to ourselves and how we identify things and how, you know, how we talk about our own situation. It's what I'm doing is not the empowering way. <laughs> uh, so that's something I consciously need to keep working on too, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. No. It's a practice. I the other day and I called myself a fucking dumbass. So I mean, like. <laughs> <laughs> no, every, everything is a practice for sure. Yeah. I have like this big thing of water. I swear I'm not like getting drunk right now. <laughs> Dude, I have <laughs> similar. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I sit at this desk and I work at home too. So I'm like, I'm too lazy to go downstairs and get more water. Cause I know I won't drink enough. Oh yeah. Like I'll be like, I'm like, I'll go down later and then I'll get busy and distracted. So now I have a big half gallon jug. Everybody makes fun of me for it. It's cool. <laughs> so when was that breaking moment that you kind of had when you were like, all right, I need to do something to help my mindset to grow and move forward away from my anxiety? Um, for me, I think a lot of it really was tied to my breakup of, um, I mean, a lot of things changed in my life right around that, but it was really much like, okay, like I, <laughs> this is like my, my, like finding all of my self-worth again moment of like, okay, I can't be with someone who treats me like this and I can't keep living the way I have been and I can't be this miserable and like anything is better than this. And that, that sort of like pulling myself up up the ground moment. Um, and yeah, it kind of, it sucked. I had to detox from that whole situation and that mindset and all of that, but it got me going on the path I needed to be on. Um, you know, throughout the spring, I think a lot of things like the pandemic and the lockdown really kind of contributed to this like really low, low, but I mean, life's short and just finding finding new things to care about or keep myself going um i don't know if there really was like one pure like defining moment but it kind of began to snowball and just kind of slowly get better with time and again reading these little little inspirational things um and then just taking time really to work on myself or find things i could do to cope with you know loss of friends and loss of a social life and the pandemic and the lockdown. Um, like I spent a lot of time looking at these quotes, uh, looking at phrases, um, going on a lot of hikes by myself. Um, I had just finished yoga teacher training in March. Again, also, also as everything's locking down. Um, but, you know, reading through some of like my texts from that and like there's different things and like kind of like the philosophy there that I think really helped. Um, also like a gratitude journal was really helpful in this sort of like, again, it wasn't like I woke up one day and like a, a switch and flipped and was like, okay, like this is your rock bottom time to fix it. But more just, okay, like one day at a time, here we are, what can we do? How can this get a little bit better? Um, I started working out a lot in June and my trainer, he has like the phrase like 1% better every day. So not like a huge, like, you know, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and reinvent myself, but it's okay. Like, what can we do? That's like 1%, just, just a little bit. And that's going to compound with time. So I really believe that. Have you ever read the compound effect? 
I haven't, but it sounds like the same type of thing, is it? It was actually one of the first um, personal development books I read. It's actually really short too. It's like less than 200 pages. And yeah, it's the basic like really short, short version is one little thing that you do every day will lead to gradual big changes throughout your life. And it was so like insane when I read it. Cause I remember thinking like, oh, if you want to like lose weight, you have to mysteriously lose 10 pounds, like right this second, like right now. And it like, doesn't work We're, like that. <laughs> We're so instant gratification and it goes to society. And then that coupled with, I suffer from imposter syndrome so mm -hmm. much. We're like, okay, I tried this and I'm not instantly good at it. Oh God, I'm terrible. Ah, and like overcoming that little tiny bits you know they add up i'll have to check that book out though it sounds right up my alley it's insane like it was mind-blowing for me when i read it because i was like 18 i'm like almost 30 now and i just remember sitting there going like holy fucking shit that's so much easier <laughs> son of a bitch where was this my whole life <laughs> yeah like little bite-sized pieces so you don't get overwhelmed because overwhelm is very real it's insane and that's the problem is like you try to like fix your mindset you try to make big changes in your life and then you're like i have to do everything right now and i mean weight loss is one of the biggest like everybody relates to the weight loss thing but it's true you go from living off of fast food not working out not drinking enough water you're not gonna tomorrow magically drink a gallon of water work out for an hour and eat nothing but vegetables it's not gonna fucking happen no and you know maybe you can do that for like a day but like by day three, you're like, fuck this shit. <laughs> back to my old ways. Going to McDonald's. Fuck you guys. And then it's worse because you're like, oh, God knows when the last time I'm going to eat McDonald's is. Like, I have to make sure I get like eight meals and then you binge. Oh, mm -hmm. It's insane. But that's like the culture that so many people will give you. I mean, not like I feel like ever since I got in the Instagram coaching sphere, I don't see it as much on there. But like on Facebook, that's how it was. Yeah. You had all these like, and this was years ago, so I'm sure the philosophy has changed. So I'm not trying to knock beach body coaches, but they'd go on there and be like, did you work out today? Why not? Do you not love yourself? And it's like, I fucking hurt my ankle the day before, bitch. I can't move. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got to meet people where they are and like, you know, self-love and kindness and the kindness of how you talk to yourself is so important. And the fitness industry doesn't really lend well to that i guess yeah and i think that's kind of like a big thing too is but then when you get in there and you're good and you're not overwhelmed and you stop listening to all the noise you're good but it's just getting like through the gates of hell and then you're fine <laughs> oh yeah you gotta jump it you're like <laughs> <My God. laughs> this is where i learned how to uh parkour hardcore <laughs> yeah absolutely so what was it like to start your business, especially in the midst of all of this chaos and like anxiety and you're just like business, I'm starting it like now. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And now I, wild time. Um, anyway, like I was moving and, you know, getting my new place set up and my business partner, um, she lives in Chicago and I'm in Seattle. Um, so just kind of like pitching this idea to her of like, this is what I want to do. Like, do you think you could help? Are you into this? Like, do you think this is an idea? Um, uh, the kind of, like, I guess the strangest thing about it is, again, I'm very prone to imposter syndrome and being very hard on myself, but feeling for a little bit of like, 
I'm working really hard on this thing, but no one else knows about it and no one else can see it. Um, like there's like a quote, like the day you plant the seed isn't the day you eat the fruit. Um, but starting to feel just a little crazy of like, I'm like, I'm really working hard on this thing and no one knows what it is. Like it doesn't even have like a social page yet, but like, I think it's going to work. And like, I think it's a good idea and I think it's going to help people. And just kind of explaining it to people. And I think with Facebook, people get so like, hey, big things are coming, like just wait. So I feel like people are kind of like burn out when you say you're working on something. They're kind of like, yeah, okay, sure. Like I'll believe it when I see it. Because I've gotten that a few times from people like, oh, like now that it's launched, it's out there. Um, and like I, my partner and I, we had an interview that aired on like the local TV here. Awesome. And having people, thank you, people come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, like you actually, you actually did it. You actually did something. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I've, I've been working since July and it's been a long five, six months, but yeah, I, I did. <laughs> I, I had follow through. Yay. Um, so that was one thing of just kind of maintaining momentum, even when no one can see it and feeling like imposter syndrome on myself of like, I don't like, I don't know anything about a lot of these things. Um, like I'm good at marketing. That's my background. Um, particularly event marketing though. Um, so not holding events. Um, but like, I've never launched a product. I've never had a Shopify store. I've never made a web page. Um, never designed a card deck or thought about like different thicknesses of paper or do do I need a barcode or what are label laws? Um, or illegally, how do you start a business in this state? Do you need to charge sales tax? All of these things, um, I have never done them before. And I just, I had the idea and went with it. Um, I look back and I'm like, I'm not really even sure how or why, <laughs> like what made me keep going? <laughs> Like I'd wanted to start a business for years and years. I never had an idea. Um, so I know that definitely helped contribute, but I truly, I don't know. I, I think just the, the belief that once people were able to have this, that it would help them the way that my little quote saved in my phone helped me, I think was a big part of it. Um, having my business partner, um, kind of indirectly to hold me accountable helped too. Like we would both set kind of tasks or projects for the week. And like, I'd be like, Hey, well, I know I have a call with Sam on Tuesday. So like, I got to get this done. That helped as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There were, I think the hardest thing was just not getting overwhelmed and, you know, taking everything one little bite at a time. Like and being kind to myself, like, oh, you know, you don't need to know all these things, but we're going to figure them out. You can figure out anything. Just, you can't figure it all out tonight. But like right now, today, you are going to learn label laws. What needs to go on a label and a product sold in America legally? Deep dive, research, figure it out. Cool. One thing done. On to the next thing. That's good. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Compound effect. Yeah, it would be so easy to get overwhelmed or just let like the imposter syndrome get too crazy of like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Someone else could do this better. Uh. But like, if we think that way, nothing will ever get done. So, yeah. I mean, somebody might be able to do like one thing better, but they're not you. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, 
and I'm by no means the best at doing anything, but I've got a unique set of things and honestly just doing it is half, probably more than half the battle. Yeah. I would say just like going out there and like, once you create the Instagram, you're done. Like you have to do it now. Somebody's seen it. Some random lady in Australia liked your post. Now she's depending on you. <laughs> I'm committed now. Well, even then, yeah, it does become like a, almost like a saving face situation of like, well, now I've told all these people about this things. So like you gotta do it. Yeah. So like I gotta stick with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is kind of good, but kind of bad. Cause then you have that anxiety about like, like, what if you actually don't want to do this anymore, but then you're also kind of like, have that accountability if you're trying to back out on yourself. Yeah. yeah How's it been? I mean, you just had your launch like a month and a half ago. How'd it go? It's been good. So we started pre-orders um, right before Halloween. Um, so right now, it's just about six weeks ago. Um, those went on for about a month. And then... Honestly, a big kind of turning point for us was yeah, our little local news spot. Um, so I reached out to all of our local news channels. And I thought it was a cute story of, you know, Sam and I, we both got laid off. We both work in events, no events because COVID. Um, and this is what we did. And hopefully it helps other people. Um, so like our local news did a really nice little story and that helped sales a whole bunch. Um, and then, yeah, I got my first shipment of product in, um, about a week or so after that, maybe two weeks. Um, now my living room right now is my little fulfillment center, <laughs> um, which was really cool. And honestly, the coolest thing to happen in this whole part of the launch was getting the first deck. Um, I, they overnight shipped me like two sample decks before we did this whole, you know, initial printing run of a thousand decks, which... By the way, when you're unemployed, putting a thousand card decks uh, on your credit card, when you, at this point, have no web page, have no business, like, publicly, is terrifying. Uh, I would have probably shit myself, so I'm right there with you. I had some moments where I'm just like, okay, you don't have a job and you're putting this on your credit card. Faith. Deep breath. Faith in, like, the idea. Um, but yeah, the day I got, like, my first deck, um, just having it, like, in my hand and being able to see it was, like, such a cool moment. Um, so cute too. I know people listening to podcasts are going to be like, I don't see your facial expressions. I know <laughs> you guys are hiding things from me. Like what is wrong? Oh, no. Yeah, I forget because, you know, we're chatting on video. Yeah. Audio-wise, it's a very cute card deck. It's, you know, card deck shape. I know we're doing like air quotes and shit. I always think about that when I'm listening. I'm like, no one's going to see me do the air quote. <laughs> the hand motions. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, no, it's, that was a really cool moment for sure. Um, and then kind of like my, honestly, my last four or five days right now has been getting all of my orders fulfilled. Um, you know, literally just by myself, cause Sam's in Chicago of, you know, a few hundred orders packaged up, labels printed, nice little envelope, take them to USPS and off they go. Mm -hmm. Um. And we're just starting to see like the first few that were mailed out, like images come through on social media or especially like friends who ordered early, they're starting to get theirs and seeing, you know, the cards on their Instagram story. It's really fun and really cool. Oh my God. That would be awesome. And then you just get flooded and you're like, everybody has this. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's just, you know, months and months of work and, you know, kind of keep my head down and grinding and, 
now we're at the part of like seeing them out there in the world and it's like the vision is here and it's weird and it's cool <laughs> so what's the exact vision behind it like is it kind of like an affirmative tarot deck in a way or is it just when you're having a bad day you pull a quote out and you see what it does well one thing i think is cool it's kind of it's a little flexible so there's no set you must use it this way um there are 52 cards so the idea is you could take one every week and you could set them as your intention for the week um you know post it up on a mirror like a mirror message or just somewhere where you'll see it throughout the house um and maybe that's you know you draw a card at random and that's the one you know the universe thought you were supposed to have this week um or you you could do that every day set a different intention for every day or if you're bummed out like just grab the deck and just kind of start flipping through them like there's no set like this is how it has to be done um like some examples of different messages oh no this one is i was going to take one out and read read some and it's shrink wrapped um <laughs> Find the lesson and let go. That's one. Um, like kind words cost nothing. Um, everything is falling into place for me, even if I don't see it yet. Um, you've survived 100% of your worst days. That's one that, for me, really stuck out yeah. this year. Um, another one is be the person you want to have in your life or don't, wake, don't wait for another person to make your life better. Um, so there's a good mix of things. Um, we say it's, they're all around either growth or positivity or resiliency. Um, and it's like kind of use as you want. Like I love the idea of maybe leaving a card for someone um, just as like a little like anonymous message or, you know, using the, using the deck until you felt you've gotten what you need out of it and then just passing it on, like pay it forward sort of thing. Um, I think they make really great gifts, um, but also good gifts for yourself because you're a person too who deserves nice things. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of an all over the place answer, but I think it's really nice that it's a little fluid. Like there's no oh, set. That's good. Yeah. That, that gives get people a lot of good ideas on how they can use this for sure. Yeah. I just, I know, like I personally, um, and I'm on video, so like you can see it, but nobody else can, but everybody... <laughs> I do Tarot Tuesday on my Instagram, so everyone sees these cards, but I have like an affirmative tarot deck. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's like such a cool idea because if you're having a bad day, you just pick it out. And I swear, like, it does not matter what the heck is going on. Like, it always knows. And it's like, this is your message that you specifically need in this moment. It's like the universe is literally like, all right, since you don't want to listen to me any other way, Here here's you your card. <laughs> Well, and I'm, I'm familiar with that deck too. And one thing kind of with the idea behind mine was I wanted it to be a little bit less like spiritual woo woo yeah. the universe. Cause like, and I've done yoga teacher training. I'm about that life. I know. I also come from like a deep seated place of cynicism in my own life, <laughs> but I wanted something really accessible, like that anyone could gravitate to. Um, and I wanted something that made mental health issues, again, just really accessible. Like, I think it's really difficult to face some of these mental health issues or, you know, like going to a therapist for the first time is terrifying <laughs> or at least it can be, it isn't for everyone. But like, I know for me, it took like a rock bottom moment to be like, okay, I need to do this. 
because there's all this stigma around it or same with like, you know, different books or different things. And for some people it's easier to tackle than others. Um, or, you know, books on mindsets or attention setting or different things like that. They can come off very clinical and cold and not very approachable. And I wanted something that helps you get to that point or helps gets you warmed up to these ideas. Um, you know, the idea of intention setting. Well, if you just say that to someone, they're kind of like, okay, like, mm, you're so spiritual, whatever. You know, if they're not on board with it, but like, and you're like, oh, like, I just want to make you feel good inside. And like this cute little pink card maybe will help. I want it to be just, yeah, that little gateway drug into all these other things and all the other growth and, you know, the rest of the way. The first thing that they do, and then all of a sudden they're like addicted to personal development books and crystals, and they don't know what happened. And you're like, ha ha, got you. <laughs> Welcome, join Welcome us. Welcome to the world. <laughs> well, yeah, because not everyone's ready for stuff like that. And yeah. this is kind of like that little like training wheels approach. Uh, kind of get you started, get the juices flowing, get you warmed up to some of like the more deeper dive stuff. Like, you know, yeah. then we'll see what happens. <laughs> I remember reading The Universe Has Your Back by Gabby Bernstein. And like halfway yeah. through, I was like, man, if I read this five years ago, I would think this is the biggest pile of horse shit I've ever read in my life. <laughs> exactly. I need to like give myself some credit here. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> no, and truly, like, I, like I said, I come from like a very dark, cynical, self-depreciating humor sort of place. No. I mean, but even now, kid, like Warped Tour life, like if you didn't, what were you doing there? <laughs> right? Like I had to fit in somehow. Um, <laughs> but no, so even now, like as I explain like the card deck to, you know, friends or tell them about kind of like my ideas behind it or I'll have moments where, you know, I'm just, you know, chatting with someone and having a bad day and I'm like, oh, well, like I understand, but like, you know, the universe has a plan and you're where you're supposed to be and everything works out for a reason. You just got to believe in it. And they look at me for like a beat and I'm like, okay, because I have been so cynical, I understand what I sound, what I'm saying. I know how it sounds. I get it, but let's find the positive. Yeah. Like I can recognize that. I can acknowledge it for sure. Um, you know, gotta meet people where they're at too. That's a big thing. Yeah. I have that happen with a few friends too. And I'm like, Sorry, guys. I know. I'm that person. My bad. Like, I'm aware, and I'm aware how it sounds, but... but just shut your face and trust me, okay? Like... Exactly. Exactly. So what would you say was your process when you started to really kind of manage your mental health? My process... Ooh, I mean, it's definitely been like a work a work in progress for sure um and I think it, it always will be um I have a long history of being depressed and being on like the more depressive side of things um like some like suicidal ideations um when I was on tour one of my favorite things to do was to go to cemeteries and just go hang out because that's goth kid aside like I <laughs> have some weird fascinations with death but that's its own separate thing um i in my 20s this is funny because it's on my instagram a bunch i bought a ring that's on my thumb i don't actually don't have it on right now but it, it's a little tombstone and it says live on it and when i was really depressed i liked having something on my hands that i could see and it would give me that little reminder you know life is short 
um, be here, be present, live your life, do things that are important to you. Um, kind of like that memento mori sort of idea of stoicism. Um, so that, that's always been a big thing for me. Um, I started going to therapy about three years ago, and I think that helped a lot. That kind of set things going off in the right direction. And I think validation from another person in, in the form of my therapist um, has been really helpful. And just these reminders, you know, to be gentle and kind to myself, um, being mindful of how I talk to myself, um, cutting myself slack on some things, acknowledging the stuff that is going well or that I am doing right, um, I think have all been really helpful. Um, for individual things that have been really helpful, um, gratitude journaling, which again, the cynical part of my brain at first, I was like, oh, like, I'm already thankful for stuff. Why do I need to write it down? Uh, can't I just think it? Writing stuff down really helps. Um, and I, I will admit when I was wrong. <laughs> That's been a big one for sure. Um, kind of like on this journey of things. Um, I have also discovered, I think, needing to move around helps a lot. So a little bit of exercise, um, not anything wild, but like, you know, a few minutes to do some yoga or to go, go on a walk outside. It just kind of helps get my brain kind of reset and out of whatever funk I might be in. Really helpful. Um, and then, yeah, I think just that kind of self-awareness and how we talk to ourselves. Like I have said a bunch, but imposter syndrome is very real for me. So taking the time to acknowledge, um, you know, you, you can do really hard things. And again, using my previous work things as an example, like, well, you know, you had a job on Warp Tour and that was incredibly competitive and difficult. And against all odds, you got, you figure that out. Or I've done other things that were, you know, not easy. And if I can do that, I, I can handle this. It's fine. Like everyone figures stuff out somehow. No one is just inherently good at things. Yes, people have skills, but like, no business, no entrepreneur just knows how to do everything. Everyone, everyone has to figure it out somehow. And if you figure it out through learning or through it flopping or going terribly wrong, well, hey, you learned. So like, you know, when something bad happens, viewing it more as an opportunity or a lesson and less like a, oh my God, like I fucked up and now everyone's gonna know and they're gonna know I don't belong here it's like no like this is how you learn so everyone learns it's not a big deal and just keep going that was a long answer I'm sorry no, you're good <laughs> you know the thing I always think is kind of interesting is everybody I have on here is always apologizing for telling their story and I'm just sitting here like this I know it's like, I feel like this podcast has been, like, so healing for me, because I'm like, damn, I'm, like, so far from alone. Like, everybody got my back in this. <laughs> well, that's truly one of the big things, too, even, like, from therapy or just learning to be more open and more vulnerable with things. Um, you just kind of, you start to realize, like, everyone, like, everyone has some level of imposter syndrome, um, except for the few, like, psychopaths and narcissists of the world. But, like, <laughs> and that's a normal an emotion is to like you know feel a little insecure or to feel nervous or want to put your best foot forward that's normal we all deal with it and just feeling the feelings while you have them and like okay like that's part of what this stage or this chapter is it's being nervous because I spent a lot of time creating something and that's normal and then you know 
if I get feedback from people that it's not working, then then we fix it. Like if you know if the box isn't right, that's okay. We can fix the box. It'll be fine. It'll get better. It'll grow. It'll evolve. Like it's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's tougher when you build your own business versus like working for somebody else though. Like if somebody doesn't like the product that you had when you're selling it from another company, you're like, I mean, I don't blame you. I don't really either. But like when it's your own, you're like, what the hell you mean? You don't like my booster stacks, bitch. Are you crazy? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Avni and not taking feedback is like, personal criticism either uh yeah. but i mean it's your creation so like i don't know i always tell like i had a client that had that problem she's like oh well this guy messaged me and said that like what i'm doing is shit and i'm like well i mean that guy is shit probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> like there's say somebody that, that and go, like your product shit like usually it's because they're pissed off mm-hmm. at you because like i don't know you fucked up their order or something or because they're going through some huge insecurity in their life but it does, it like stings worse. You're like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah, you gotta be able to like take a breath, breathe, move on. And just, yeah, realize like we don't know what other people are going through. And people who are doing great things normally don't have the time to go shit on random people on the internet. Um, that one is comforting to me sometimes too. Of like, Yeah, oh, well. it's so true though. Yeah. Like I was a dick before. Like I think we all were dicks at some point in our life. Like <laughs> how you... You got to go through that stage to grow. Like, yeah. and then you look back and you're like, oh God, I'm a Karen right now. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yep. That meme made like, me so much more self-aware to things though. <laughs> what would be your biggest tip to someone going through their own battle with mental health? My biggest tip would be to just get started with whatever it is you're kind of thinking about. Like if you're thinking about going to therapy, do it. If you're thinking about starting a project, just start it. Like don't let like the overwhelm or like the stigma or whatever you've built it up in your head to be to let you just stop. Um, or just in general, like, you know, like my thing, I was like, oh, gratitude journaling sounds silly. That's something in my head I had built up. But once I started doing it, I saw the benefit. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing, and this is hard, it's so hard to do, but I think just being more open about things, that's how we normalize stuff. Like it's something, it's, it's been really hard for me, honestly, of even just kind of talking about, you know, the lows of my year, like not trying to be a victim or dwell or be like, oh my God, I went through a breakup. Oh, the worst. (laughs) No, it's not like that, but just being able to acknowledge like hey sometimes life is hard and it can knock you down and then kick you while you're down and then up a pandemic on you while you're down (laughs) and we all deal with those things those are chapters for everyone at one point or another things are going to get real terrible and it is not shameful to admit that it's not shameful to have these terrible feelings in it. It's not shameful to be bummed out or sad or have any sort of dark thoughts, but it helps a lot to talk to people about it. Um, just having someone in your network that you're comfortable with to talk through these feelings with, um, if you don't at very least writing them down, but there, there are a lot of resources out there too. Uh, there's different 
um, hotlines you can text, there's people you can reach out to, you can call. Um, so whether that's, you know, a friend or an acquaintance who you are comfortable talking with or someone that you can pay, like a therapist or even a text hotline, like people do it. It's normal. It doesn't carry any sort of stigma. No one's going to judge you or remember, you're not going to be labeled like the crazy friend. Um, but being able to be vulnerable about it makes it easier when other people are dealing with things too. Like that's a big takeaway that I've had is, you know, that's how we get rid of stigma around all this stuff is realizing that everyone deals with it. You are not broken or defective or whatever it is like the darkness in your head might be telling you, but it's just, this is a normal human emotion and we all have it. And if you talk to someone about it, will probably help. Yeah. We all need to talk about it more. Yeah, we really do. All right. So I'm going to have your links in the show notes. So you guys will be able to get access to the booster stacks or Instagram. Um, you had two Instagrams on there. Which one's the best one for them to contact you on? If they want to talk to me directly, it's my personal one. It's at Roya hearts you all one word. Um, but if they're interested in booster stacks or to pick up a deck, it's at booster stacks. She's got like the easiest Instagrams. <laughs> nice and simple. So far. <laughs> I know I like misspelled one and I was like, oopsies. <laughs> <laughs> like this is why I look on Instagram before I post it, but awesome guys. So we will check you out later. Definitely check out these booster stacks. I'm like looking at the website now and they look really freaking awesome. You guys are going to love them. So check them out and get your stack today. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For more bomb-ass content, follow me on Instagram at First Steps to Sanity or leave me a review and let me know what your favorite part was. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye!